Welcome, you're listening to Ask the Doulas, a podcast where we talk to experts from all over the country about topics related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and early parenting. Let's chat. Hello, hello, this is Kristen. I'm co-host of Ask the Doulas and owner of Gold Coast Doulas, and I'm joined today by Kelly Emery. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Great, good morning. So would love for you to introduce all of your amazing skills and trainings to our audience as an RN, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Yeah, I am a registered nurse and I'm a IBCLC, like you said, a lactation consultant. It is um, the highest certification that there is in lactation. And I, a long time ago, like back in the 90s, I was a doula. So a certified doula as well, both postpartum and birth doula. And then that kind of morphed into lactation and went back to nursing school. And yeah, I've been doing this, I guess, about 27 years. Yeah, helping moms breastfeed. Yeah. You helped me with my kids and I've taken your breastfeeding class. It's amazing. So such a great resource. And yeah, you were a doula before doulas were even known, especially in the postpartum end of things. Yeah. There were two of us. There was one in Zealand and then me. And and we found each other. Thank goodness. We worked together and we, you know, encouraged each other, but people didn't even know what the word doula was. So it was it was so much different back then. It's it's so refreshing to see it explode nowadays. Yes, for sure. So we are going to chat about the formula shortage, since that is, you know, the biggest news item. And as far as Facebook group activity, mm-hmm. I'm seeing so much interaction um, and so many questions related to feeding options. So I would love to hear your perspective on things. I know it all started with the recalls through Abbott and then just supply and demand. It reminds me of early in the pandemic of toilet paper. Mm. So people are stocking up, which then creates even more of a shortage. So what are your thoughts? My first thought is just my heart goes out to these poor parents, not only to have a baby during the pandemic, but then, and now this, you know, it, it just, it just makes my heart break that any mother in this very wealthy country would have to worry about this. You know, it really stinks. And I, I feel sorry that it's going on. Exactly. So I would love to hear your thoughts on safe and unsafe options for mom. If they're for families if they're really struggling to find formula on the shelves or to afford some of the premium prices. I know we can now get European formula due to the shortage and some of those costs can be, you know, prohibitive for a lot of families. Yeah. Yeah. It is expensive. First of all, reaching out to your WIC if you are on WIC and also to your pediatrician to see if they have any because things change daily. So to see if they have any resources that can, any samples, any anything at all that they can help you get by until this passes. If you are lactating right now, like if you have any milk at all, or if, if you wanted to relactate, that would be again, getting in touch with a lactation consultant or or a lactation person through WIC as well. If you're a 
if you're a client of WIC, reaching out to find someone that specializes in lactation. And so they can help you relactate if that's what you choose to do. If you don't choose to provide breast milk, like, like pump or lactate or relactate or any of that, and you wanted to use formula, I would recommend making sure that you follow the package instructions. One thing that's really not recommended at all because it can cause electrolyte imbalances and just, just really bad things happening medically is to water down the formula. Totally understand why someone would want to, because it would, it makes sense that it would go longer, but it's not recommended for, for the baby's health to do that. Totally agree. So I'm also seeing a lot of activity from people about, you know, using milk or goat's milk and saying that they did that back in the day, like the seventies or eighties. And what are your thoughts on some of this information that's being shared widely on social media? Yeah, it is true. I will, I'll tell you, I mean, I was born in the sixties and I, I did have cow's milk with, and I shudder to think now, I mean, things were really bad. I had cow's milk with chocolate milk in it, like that powdered chocolate milk. And I, and I tell that story to moms just thinking like, yes, I did make it through, but I, I was hospitalized. I was failure to thrive. I, I had a lot of, it wasn't just a great thing. It wasn't as wonderful as that. Oh, chocolate milk. That sounds great. Right. It's not, it's not what an infant at that stage needs before 12 months, you know, there, there's so much brain development going on and other things that their kidneys can and can't process. And so many medical things that we know now that we didn't know back in the sixties and before then is that if your breast milk is the number one choice, your own breast milk, donor milk would be choice number two. And then formula that has been specifically designed infant development and brain development and all that would be option number three. So the home recipes of goat's milk and all of that is, it's not recommended right now or anytime actually. I mean, yes, I know back in maybe 1920, they did it, but it doesn't yeah. mean, doesn't mean that it was safe. Thanks for clearing that up. And a lot of people are looking for donor milk um, from either milk banks or trusted resources. People are also selling their breast milk. And so what are your thoughts on finding safe donor milk as an option? Yeah, that is something has been done since time began is mothers would share their milk. If it's not their sister or their aunt or somebody in the village was always lactating and they would, they would help that way, especially if the mother died in childbirth and, you know, someone would step in because we didn't have formula. And so that is an option. I know that a lot of moms are, are looking for, they're looking at their sisters or their cousins, or even on the internet for human milk for their human babies. So I totally understand that. But you should have a good conversation with your pediatrician or lactation or consultant or somebody about the um, risks and benefits. There's always risks and benefits to getting milk that's not yours, like providing milk yes. to your baby that's not yours. There is screening that typically is done. Like when you, there is a milk bank, you know, there are milk banks out there that you can sometimes purchase it, but I think they're, those milk banks are typically for babies who are in the NICU right now and that they, they have a shortage themselves. So it's going to be a the last I knew it was like $5 an ounce to get that. So it's pretty cost prohibitive to purchase human milk from a milk bank where they've, they've gone through the screening process, the pasteurization and all of that. So, so looking on the internet to get it, like I, I totally would not recommend buying it. The reason being is as you know, this generation knows what you're seeing on the internet is all not always the truth. And it could be someone who is saying, oh, I've got this milk and I just want to be paid for it, which I totally get that. But it could be someone who's just 
diluting it down with cow's milk or putting cells, you know, unless you have a lab that you can really see what what's in it. Um, There have been cases of that where unfortunately, you know, motivated by money, if someone has 10 ounces of milk they're producing and they they're maybe they're pumping 10 ounces and they want to sell that, but then they, they add 10 more ounces to with cow's milk, then they've just doubled their profits, you know? So just be, be very, very careful about getting that into that sort of situation. And then again, for screening, you know, uh, there are some, some things that can diseases, disorders, that sort of thing that can get through the breast milk to your baby. So doing, and also medications can, yeah, medications that, that you don't know, maybe someone that is taking an antibiotic or a or, or an antidepressant that's not compatible. Most, most of them are, by the way, but some sort of psychiatric medication that maybe they're embarrassed to tell you that they're taking, but they are taking it and that they don't reveal that to you. And now that's in this milk. So those are, of course, rare conditions. Most people who are wanting to donate milk come from a very good place, you know, a very good heart, and they just want to help other women. That, that's the majority of people, you know. But sometimes they may not know that they have a disorder or disease either, or an infection, you know, something like that. They may not even know that they have it and they're passing it on to you as well. So just something to consider like their lifestyle, what medications they take, have they been screened for different um, diseases and all that. Just a very candid conversation about that. There is another thing that I I don't see a lot of people talking about is the the ability to flat, to um, kind of pasteurize your milk. And there is, uh, there's an Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, international actually, but it's just made up of physicians who are interested in breastfeeding. So it's pediatricians and family medicine docs and obstetricians, and they, they do come up with protocols for around breastfeeding and, and all of that. So that they do have an academy or they, they do have a protocol on informal milk sharing that people can check out. And it's just an academy of breastfeeding medicine. I think I said America Academy of breastfeeding medicine. Um, there's a 2017 position statement, informal breast milk sharing for the healthy term infant. So they can, they can definitely Google that. Or if you want to put it in the show notes, I can give you the link for that. But there is a process too, of basically home pasteurizing any kind of donated breast milk. So it's like, it's a flash heating method that, that also would kill certain bacteria and viruses that would be, would potentially be in. Now it may affect some of the quality of the breast milk, but still it would be, it would still be preferable then definitely like goat's milk or something like that, or watering down your milk. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk more about getting supply up for breastfeeding yeah. moms or relactating if you have weaned and want to be able to create milk for your baby. Yeah, that would be the ideal. <laughs> the ideal situation is um, helping with relactation. Uh, which I actually have during this crisis is helping moms relactate. Sometimes they're a pain in the butt, but sometimes they're very effective of using an SNS at the breast, which is a little tube that runs alongside your breast and, and it has formula or donated milk in it, but it gets the baby back to the breast and thinking that there's milk coming out because there's nothing like a baby at your breast to help bring back your milk supply or increase your milk supply. Agreed versus a pump for sure. Yeah. I mean, the baby's has to be willing 
and open to latching, of course, after they've already been on, you know, but they have to, they're part of this team as well. So they have to latch on, but if they latch on and they start getting a flow of some sort of milk, then usually they will stay there. And when they stay there, they are stimulating the nipple and the breast to bring more milk. It's not an overnight thing where all of a sudden your milk is going to come right back down or right back up. But but usually over time of doing that, um, moms can see an increase in your milk supply and then you would gradually decrease the milk that you're supplementing with and then take it, then the baby takes over from there. Now, if the baby won't latch, even if you do have like a supplemental nursing system, then there's pumping. Then that would be another option to do is, is to do pumping about eight to 12 times a day. It's a pretty big commitment but you really have to call up that milk. You know, there are certain stretch receptors on the on the areola and the nipple that they need to be stimulated to send a message to your pituitary to um, release certain hormones that help drive milk supply. So somebody or something like either the baby or the pump stimulating mom on a pretty regular basis to help your pituitary know, oh yeah, you want some milk? Okay, I'm going to get right on that. And then your milk starts coming up and up and up. That would be kind of the first line of process, I guess, of trying to get the milk back up if if it's low or if they wanted to relactate. Excellent info. Hey, Alyssa here. I'm just popping in to tell you about our course called Becoming. Becoming a mother is your guide to a confident pregnancy and birth, all in a convenient six-week online program. From birth plans to sleep training and everything in between, You'll gain the confidence and skills you need for a smooth transition to motherhood. You'll get live coaching calls with Kristen and myself, a bunch of expert videos, including chiropractic care, pelvic floor physical therapy, mental health experts, breastfeeding, and much more. You'll also get a private Facebook community with other mothers going through this at the same time as you to offer support and encouragement when you need it most. And then, of course, you'll also have direct email access to me and Kristen, in addition to the live coaching calls. If you'd like to learn more about the course, you can email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com or check it out at thebecomingcourse.com. We'd love to see you there. So as far as I've been getting questions from clients who are currently pregnant, or students and are becoming a mother course um, and wanting to ensure that they have a good supply with the shortage and worried about, you know, supplementing. What is your advice to have a strong start with mm-hmm. breastfeeding and how can you prepare from say that 36 week mark on? First of all, I would get prepared with knowing how your breasts work. I'm a huge proponent of really understanding your body and, and how lactation works and in your, in your baby, but also in your own body, knowing from inside out, it's something that we don't really learn a lot about in our sex ed classes in middle school is our, is our breasts and how they work. When you get a better understanding of how milk supply is driven and how, how this works as a mammal, like we are, we're all, we're all mammals, you know, but we don't really we kind of skip over the fact that we have these breasts on us that, that are, you know, kind of just hanging there waiting for our baby to be born, but then things kick in, but then it's hard to learn something. I mean, you can learn it on the go, but I highly recommend getting a, at least some sort of basic knowledge ahead of the time, like right now before your baby comes. So you can hit the ground running. 
And right, that, like taking your breastfeeding class so you yeah. fully understand it's very comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. I have a three hour class, both in person through Gold Coast Doulas on that Saturday series thing. But also if they can't make that, there's a like a course that I have that you can course by course, take it at your own pace and learn. And I go, I go deep into about the anatomy, anatomy and physiology of how the cell works. So, and then number, so getting prepared ahead of time and then even ahead of time, getting the number of a good lactation consultant that you can call right away. So breast milk in the first two weeks is a pretty critical time for getting your milk supply up and running. It's not impossible if you wait longer, but the first two weeks are a pretty important time for stimulating your milk supply, getting baby on, like, like a lot of things go on when you're first starting. So having somebody there to kind of help guide you and answer your questions and just kind of review things with you is it's just so important. Like most of the moms I work with later on, they say invariably, I wish I had called you sooner. Right. Just because learning something ahead of time is it's always the way to go if you can. And then if you are going to give birth in a hospital to make sure that um, you ask for lactation help there as well, like right from that first latch, ideally in that first hour after delivery, getting some help and setting the stage there while you're even in the hospital, if you're going to be in the hospital. What are your thoughts on expressing milk and trying to get um, your milk to come in? You mean before baby, before Mm -hmm. baby's born? There's a little bit of, like, if you have gestational diabetes, if you you have some, uh, there's a little bit of research out there saying that it sometimes helps. Not only can you collect it and save it later if baby needs to be supplemented. And the study was done on, that I know of anyway, was moms who had um, gestational diabetes or, or type one diabetes as well, or type two, any, any kind of like insulin resistance or diabetes like that. And then if the baby, because if you do have diabetes after your baby comes out, they, they probably will be checked for blood sugar um, to make sure that they're, they're handling the transition out of the womb into the big bad world, you know, with their blood sugar. So then you can use your milk to supplement with instead of formula in those cases, um, if you have it. So it's also kind of good, not only to collect breast milk and save it for later, but also you getting really confident with hand expression and how to handle your breasts. Cause that's another thing we've probably have never done is hand expression on ourselves. Exactly. So like just getting comfortable with it, getting used to it, knowing where to put your hands and all that. And those sort of things are another benefit of doing it as a disclaimer, you should talk to your midwife or your doctor ahead of time. If you're at risk for, you know, I wouldn't start pumping eight times a day. That's for right. sure. Um, Definitely not. Remember those stretch receptors I was telling you about, like when we are manipulating our breasts like that, um, we are releasing oxytocin, which makes your milk let down, but it also contracts your uterus. So if you have any kind of, you know, situation where it's not safe to have sex, that hopefully like any kind of bed rest, bed rest yes. yeah, like that's Heart conditions. Yeah. Yes. You, you would definitely want to talk to your doctor ahead of doing that, but usually it's completely fine and safe to do it. But if you have any special situations to run it by, but yeah, that's some moms wish to do that and some don't. And, you know, the nurses, hopefully, you know, in the hospital will show you how to hand express too. So there's that on the job training that you'll get like right afterward as well. So, but again, if you can be prepared ahead of time, it's, it's always um, recommended. Yes. I mean, especially if baby gets, you know, sent to the NICU yeah. and you're struggling with, you know, trying to get your supply in. And so I know you helped me a lot with my daughter who is on the NICU with glucose issues and 
Yeah. So just trying to develop my supply when she was, you know, started out with enhanced formula. And so, yeah, it's tricky. Just being prepared for everything. And you just get, if you're, if your baby's born early or there's some sort of medical issue, you're just kind of swept away into so much stuff that the nurses and doctors and everybody has to do. It's, it's, it's can be overwhelming. So it's overwhelming to learn a new skill at that time. So like, if you already know how to work your pump, if you already know how to do your hand expression, if you kind of already have some sort of, you know, bearing about you to do that, then it usually is, is less stressful. Very helpful. And so a lot of your tips that you discussed as far as relactating are also helpful for increasing supply. Yeah. Again, seeing a lactation consultant, pumping yeah. in addition to feeding, any recommendations on when to pump if you are currently breastfeeding? Yeah. Whenever it's feasible, I always start there because moms are going to, I can give a million recommendations, but if it's not really going to work into her lifestyle, if she has six kids and she's homeschooling them all and her mother has dementia, you know, like, like there's so many things in a, in a woman's life that it sounds good on paper, but if it's not really something that she can realistically, you know, do in her life, then that's any recommendations I give her are going to fall flat. So it's, it's kind of whatever, the more stimulation, the better. So however she can work that into her life. Some moms say, you know, getting out of the shower, I can, I'm already naked there. I can, if I have a hand pump, I can do that. Or if I can hook up to a pump while I'm drying my hair, or sometimes I have moms, you know, recommend that they feed on one side. Then when they switch baby to the other side, they single pump on the one they left off on because they have to sit there anyway, you know, feeding on side two, we might as well be kind of doing some extra stimulation. It's almost like you have twins at that point, you know, putting another baby on the other side, if you can maneuver it. And so we, we, we work with ways to help moms maneuver that if, if that's one strategy. The only one that I don't recommend is pumping, of course, right before latching, because then the baby's going to get frustrated if you took right. out the milk. So usually it's afterward. And I tell moms afterward, I mean, if baby's content at that time and your shirt's off anyway, even if you just jump on for five or 10 more minutes, that's going to do something for your, for kind of calling up the extra milk. Even if you don't get a lot out, it will snowball if you do it over time, you know? Exactly. I've also had questions related to um, supply and illness. So whether it's COVID or food poisoning or the flu. And so there's so many different, you know, sources yeah. and answers, but students in the becoming course are asking me questions about say, you know, food poisoning, or <laughs> someone is wondering if they have the stomach bug or COVID, can they still feed their baby? Things oh, like that. Yeah. Yes, 100% you can. Any virus that you get and COVID included, your body is going to make antibodies against it, just even the common cold, and then put that into the milk for your baby. There's no reason that you have to stop breastfeeding at all. And even with food poisoning, that 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 is not, that bacteria that was in your food that made you sick like that is not going to get to the baby. Now, one of the things with food poisoning, especially, or if you get sick with any kind of flu or any kind of thing where you're, you're stop eating and drinking, 
say you're vomiting and you have diarrhea and it's really bad, you can get dehydrated pretty quickly. Then your milk supply will go down. You know, I, I've had some moms even just recently that they got sick and they're recovered from it now, but their supply took a hit. And then I still ask them, well, how many times? I always ask how the baby's peeing and pooping and all that, but but I, right. I ask mom, how many times are you peeing? And is and what color is it? And they say, well, I, I say, are you peeing at least six times a day? That's kind of my minimum. Oh no, like maybe three times a day I'm peeing, you know, and, and it's really dark and concentrated. Well, that's that's gonna be a quick, easy, free fix is is to increase your water intake. So um very helpful. If your pee is dark, not that you have to flood yourself with water to make breast milk, but being at least hydrated will help your milk. Should I mean being dehydrated will de- decrease it usually. Absolutely. So. Certainly. I mean, I have friend who's had COVID in her entire family and she was breastfeeding and baby was the only one to stay healthy. So it can, you know, really be a benefit to baby's immunity and also keep your supply up if you're worried about the formula shortage and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as the mom's up for it, if she's really sick, that makes it difficult, but other families, you know, if you, even if she can lay in bed and, and someone can bring the baby to her all the time and take care of the baby, that would be beneficial for the baby. Very helpful. So how can our listeners and clients and students find you, Callie, outside of, of course, through the Gold Coast website. And of course, our breastfeeding class, you have a back to work pumping class. And with Gold Coast, you do in home and in office consultations. I do. I do telehealth as well. Um, My website's Baby Beloved Inc., dot com and I and I I do classes every other month with through Gold Coast Doula starting to do them in person which is great I haven't done that in a while so those are you know depending but that COVID numbers but that's one way that they can see me in person which is great because they can ask me questions that way and then I have yeah like the online course where they can take it at their own pace and they would have it you know access to it for a year so they can always go back and say oh what did she say about mastitis or what did she say about weaning or whatever you know and that's always yes. But, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm just around the West Michigan area, but telehealth is I'm everywhere. So. Yeah, that's amazing. So anyone can see you regardless of where they live or take your course, or you're also a big part of our becoming a mother course. You have quite a few expert videos on different feeding related topics. So we're thrilled to have your expertise there. And also, uh, as far as other topics. I would love to chat with you in the future about that. Not only your back to work pumping class, but we'll have to do a podcast on transitioning back to work and, you know, workplace, uh, you know, regulations regarding um, women and, you know, pumping yeah. and so on. Yeah. It's always something on women's minds, you know, and it's changed a little bit during COVID that moms are staying home, but now they're starting to go back sometimes or hybrid, do a hybrid bottle. And there's a lot of questions, you know, that come along with that, with pumping. Exactly. And we should mention that you take insurance, self-pay, uh, health okay. savings, flex spending, yes. all of those things. All of those things. And I'm um, adding and starting to add more insurance companies as I go along too. So, so try and trying to figure all that out. So there's more options for everybody. Yeah, that's amazing. So how can our listeners who want in-person lactation support find a trusted um, IBCLC in their area? Yeah, you can go uslca.org if they're in the United States, of course. So uslca.org. 
www.thrivingcommunities.org. Perfect. Very helpful. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It's been great to chat with you about this important topic. And I hope our listeners and readers find some of the support that they need during this time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ask the Doulas. For more information about Gold Coast Doulas, visit us on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Remember, these moments are golden.